0: Welcome to The Power of the Cross with special guest Mike Davis, part one.
1: Joel chapter two. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all of the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, and it is nigh at hand. Turn over to Matthew chapter 24 if you can and if you will. Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Joel was a prophet of God who was allowed to see with a prophetic eye into the future. It is true that Joel was concerned with the conditions of the people of that day and calling the people of God back to a time of fasting and prayer and weeping between the porch and the altar. However, the Holy Ghost allowed Joel to look ahead in a generation far beyond his own generation, a time known as the end of days or the latter days, or as we would call them, the last days, in times. I love Bible prophecy. I love to study God's word, the book of Revelation, and the things that are going to happen, I believe, very soon. Even now, we see the foreshadow of these things beginning to come to pass. We hear the galloping hoofs of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, As even now, I believe they're preparing to ride. Jesus is truly coming soon. Joel was allowed to see certain things, events, if you will, that would transpire in this time known as the day of the Lord and the end times. There were at least four specific things that Joel saw taking place in the last days, the latter days, that would prove that you and I are that generation and make no mistake about it. I believe that we are that generation that's going to see the Lord return in the clouds of glory and are going to experience the blessed hope and the catching away of the saints of God to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible said unto them that look for him, are you looking for him tonight? Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation Joel saw first of all an outpouring of God's spirit in the last days number two he saw a regathering of the nation of Israel and all nations gathering together against the land of Israel to try to part the land that God had promised the Jewish people number three there would be a rapid preparation of war in the last days and at the same time, there would be talk of peace and safety, a crying out, if you will, by the institutions of the world, whether it be the United Nations or the European Union or heads of nations and government officials crying out and trying to work out some kind of peace agreement and stability, especially in the Middle East. The Bible said that all nations would be gathered together against Israel In the last days, in order for that to take place, Israel had to become a nation again. Since 70 AD, they were scattered throughout all the world, taken captive, had fallen by the edge of the sword. Hitler methodically hunted down the Jews and gassed them in the Nazi gas chambers. And they were persecuted. And they were a people without a home, if you will. They were known as the wandering Jews. But God fulfilled his promise to them and brought them back again into the land of Israel. 1967, the Bible said that it would happen that the eyes of the world would look to Jerusalem and the Jews again captured Jerusalem. And it is now their eternal capital as it always has been. And they were recognized uh, A couple of years ago by our president and recognized Jerusalem as the eternal capital city of Israel. The only president that we've had that in essence uh, fulfilled that promise that other presidents said that they would. And Israel had to be in the land. Jerusalem had to be back in the hands of the Jews again. And then the Bible said that the nations of the earth would rise up against Israel. How many of you know we're seeing this come to pass right now? And then the Bible said that there would be a sign, if you will, in the church there would be, while there would be revival among many in the church throughout the world, yet at the same time, and I believe that God was dealing with uh, our country as well, that there would be a falling away, if you will, a falling away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Many people would become lukewarm. Many people sitting on church pews would become unfaithful and turn away from God and become unfaithful in the last days. And I believe that these are just a few signs that are pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. I want to touch on these signs if I can briefly tonight. First of all, Joel said that there would be an outpouring of his spirit in the last days. Joel 2 and 28, the Bible said, It will come to pass afterwards, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants and handmaidens in that day will I pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. The fulfillment of that took place beginning on the day of Pentecost. The Bible said in Acts 2, and on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were gathered together, Jewish nations, uh, Jewish people, that is, from 16 different nations were gathered together d- that day in Jerusalem on the Jewish feast day known as Pentecost and as they were there they were in the upper room at the command of Christ when he told his disciples he said before he departed he said I'm going back to the father but I'm going to pray the father and he's going to give you another comforter I'm going to pour out my spirit on you I want you to go to the upper room and they were there praising and magnifying God and all of a sudden the Bible said there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind it filled all the house where they were sitting they peered into them cloven tongues like as a fire They were filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts 2, 4, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now, the fascinating and the miraculous thing about this is the Bible said that these were languages that they were allowed to speak that uh, they had never learned before, but God gave them the supernatural ability to speak those heavenly languages, praise God, and to those nations that had gathered together that day on the Jewish feast day, the Bible said that the multitude came running together and the Bible said some said these men are drunk and full of new wine but Peter stood up and said these are not drunk as ye suppose. (laughs) Somebody smile at me. Somebody, if you love the Lord, hallelujah, and you love his word, come on, somebody lift your hands and say praise the Lord, hallelujah. I'm talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost here. How many are Pentecostal tonight and you're not ashamed of it, hallelujah. I'm Pentecostal from the top of my head to the tips of my toes and I'm not ashamed of the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Peter stood up as the multitude gathered together and others began to mock and said these people are drunk and full of new wine they didn't understand what was going on and Peter stood up and said oh yeah they're drunk all right (laughs) no he said they're not drunk with wine as you Suppose (laughs) he didn't say they wasn't drunk because they were. They were drunk on the new wine. They were drunk on the Holy Ghost. This is that that was promised by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass afterward in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions and all my servants and handmaids. I'll pour out my spirit in that last day and they will prophesy. Joel said beginning On the day of Pentecost, he didn't say it would end there. He said, that's the beginning. There's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on all flesh, and you and I are now living in that generation that's experiencing the latter rain, amen if you want to have revival, you can have revival, if you want to be full of the Holy Ghost, you can have the mighty baptism in the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you, your children and all that are far off if you want the gifts of the Spirit the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 7 that you don't have to come behind in any gift, until the Lord Jesus comes, hallelujah He said the gifts of the Holy Ghost are going to be here until the Lord returns. And thank God we can receive the fullness of the Holy Ghost and be used with the gifts of the Holy Ghost in these last days. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
0: Thank you for listening to the power of the cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenadaChurch.com. We also ask you for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenadaChurch.com and click donate. Now back to the message.
1: Dr. Henry P. Van Dusen, president of Union Theological Seminary, Wrote an article in Life magazine many years ago concerning, as he put it, this third force that is growing so rapidly today. He said, They, speaking of us Pentecostals, place strong emphasis on the baptism in the Holy Ghost as the immediate potent force and presence of God dwelling with the people, both corporately as a body of believers and individually. He said, after doing an extensive study in the book of Acts, he said, I cannot help but conclude that Peter and Paul and Barnabas and the disciples of old would find themselves more at home in the holiness service and a Pentecostal revival than they were would our more formalized and sophisticated church services of other denominations, whether they be Catholic and or Protestant. He said that the pattern of the outpouring of the Spirit in the book of Acts. He said it's likened, or, or the outpouring today is likened to that of the uh, early church and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in that day. He said we are living in that day. Amen. Praise God. The Bible tells us if you're hungry tonight and you're thirsty for the presence of God, you can have the power and the refreshing power of the Holy Ghost. You see, we're living in the last days and as I said this morning, the enemy is attacking God's people and we need that fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Our churches need this outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You see, the devil has done a number on our Pentecostal churches. He's come in. He's robbed our joy. He's robbed our praise. He's robbed our strength. He's tried to rob the Holy Ghost from the people of God. He doesn't want us to be a thriving church, but churches that are full of the Holy Ghost that are not ashamed of God's spirit, that will worship in spirit and in truth. They're growing churches. They're thriving churches. They're churches that are on the move. They're churches that are doing things for God. I don't know about you, but some of our churches, when I look around, they ain't got enough power to blow fuzz off a peach. There's no power behind the preaching of the gospel anymore. I want you to know because a lot of them are not even preaching the gospel anymore. But Paul said, I come preaching the word. I'm not ashamed of the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he said, my preaching was not with the entire words of man's wisdom but in the demonstration and the power of God honey, there used to be a time when two or three could gather in the Lord's name and they would pray until the fire fell they would preach until the fire fell they would worship until the Holy Ghost fell and we ought to get back to those days again where we get in the spirit come in the spirit and worship God and have church in the spirit Woo, somebody ought to shout hallelujah. He said there's going to be an outpouring. He said in Proverbs 1 and 23, turn at my reproof. And I'll pour my spirit unto you and I'll make my words known unto you. He said in the word, he said, Isaiah 32 and 15, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high. And the wilderness be counted for a fruitful field. And the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Notice, he likened the outpouring of the Spirit as outpouring of water on the thirsty. That's what Isaiah said. Isaiah chapter 43, he said, I'll do a new thing. Chapter 44, he said, What? I'll pour out the waters on the thirsty. And the floods on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit on thy seed and my blessing on thine offspring. And he said in Ezekiel, there'll be showers of blessings from on high. Hallelujah. He said in Zechariah. He said I'll pour out the spirit of grace and supplication in that hour. Praise God. God said He's going to pour out His spirit. Jesus stood up on that great day of the feast. John seven thirty seven. He said, If anybody thirst, the Bible said He. Cried aloud. Jesus was a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> I said Jesus was a Pentecostal preacher. He cried aloud. I heard a preacher say one time, well, I used to think I had to holler when I preached, but I realize now my wife told me I didn't have to holler anymore. <sighs> my Bible said cry aloud. And Isaiah, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their sins and Jacob their iniquities. Jesus stood up and cried, hallelujah. My God, we're living in a dry and barren land. We're coming down to the end of the way. People are facing things like they've never faced before battles are on and they're raging because we're fighting against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this world. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse in the last hour. The devil's attacking God's people trying to rob their victory, rob their joy, alienate them from God and his blessings. The devil wants to rob God's goodness from you but I'm telling you if you're a child of God and you're redeemed and you're washed in the blood hallelujah you're more than a cocker and more than an overcomer if you believe it somebody lift your hands and praise the lord tonight he said i'm going to pour out my spirit no we'll forget the story that was told i might have mentioned it somebody reminded me this morning last time i was here i, I uh, brought up something about the enemy attacking me and choking me a demon spirit and he said wasn't long after that the same thing happened to them i might have mentioned this here before i don't know but the bible said that in the last days people are going to be taken captive by the things of this world and there was a young man he was a son of a congressman in washington dc and he was bound by drugs and alcohol and a state of depression, a spirit of depression came upon him. And he got to the place as he was running from God that he was ready to take his own life. And he told the story of how that he made up his mind that he'd had all he could take. For what life had dealt him. All of his problems. He had nowhere else to turn. And he said, well, I'm going to try one other thing. He said, I'm going to start going to church and visiting around and see if I can get some help. And he said he went where he went. He said he went downtown and said some of the most beautiful cathedrals you could imagine. They were there. He went in there and said he left just as bound as he was when he went in. He said he went in some beautiful, beautiful edifices, beautiful churches, and said that uh, there was no power there. And he said he left, and he didn't receive what he was looking for, and said he finally made up his mind, well, I don't even know if God exists. He said, I'm going to take my life. And he got his pistol, and he got in his car, and he began to drive. And he came to a bridge, and he got out of the car, and he walked out beside the bridge. And he put the pistol to his head, and he said, God, I don't even know if you're real. But he said, if you're real, I want you to prove it to me, because I'm fixing to take my life. He said just before he pulled the trigger, he happened to look just on the other side of the bridge. He said he saw a light flashing, a neon light, in a gravel parking lot. And he said he looked, and he said it looked like it said, Jesus saves. So he got in his car, and he drove on down. And as he got there, he saw that neon light flashing, and this is what it said. Jesus saves. Jesus delivers. Jesus heals, and Jesus baptizes in the Holy Ghost. And he said he looked over and he saw a little old storefront church. Hallelujah. My God, folks, it don't matter what you worship in. Hallelujah. If the Holy Ghost is there and people find out the spirit of God's moving, they'll come. Hallelujah. And they'll fill the church up. Hallelujah. If we'll just let go and let God have his way. How many of you believe it? Said he walked into that church and man, the choir was singing. Hallelujah. He said, those little ladies said they were ringing the rafters, praising and shouting God. He said, there was a glow on them, on their faces. He said, hmm, there's something different about this. He said, this is not like those other churches I've been in. And said, he walked up uh, to the front and people greeted him and said, he told them, he said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I need help from God tonight. He said, the devil wants me to take my life. And he said, I'm seriously considering it. said, they stopped everything. The choir came down, some of those little old Holy Ghost filled ladies, they came down and they began to anoint him with oil and pray for him. And he said, it was rough for a while. He said, we went down and we came up, we went down, we came up. But he said, they began to pray in the name of Jesus and plead the blood and rebuke demons and devils and they began to cry out. He said, God gloriously reached down and touched me and delivered me and saved me. And for two solid hours, he walked around that a gravel parking lot praising God and thanking God for the delivering power of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Thank God I don't tell you folks that's what it's going to take. I said that's what it's going to take because we got people that's walking in some of our doors. They're more bound up uh, than they were before they decided to go to church and they need the delivering power of God. They need the anointing of the Holy Ghost and God has said in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. If you believe it lift your hands and pray See him. Thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands and say, "Thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost." I don't know about you, but praise God. I I'm tired of just going to church and going through the motion, huh? I'm tired of just going and singing three or four songs and taking up the offering and, and asking the people to come down and beg and plead. Oh, I'm an evangelist. I can go ahead and talk like this. Hallelujah. And plead and beg. Come on now. Hallelujah. And people sitting around looking like they've been chewing on a sour lemon. No joy, no victory. Dead is a door now. Well, Brother Mike, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't. But I know somebody that does know. What you been through? <laughs> I said, I know somebody that does, hallelujah. And he knows you better than yourself. I, and I want you to know he's here in this house tonight, walking up and down these aisles, in and out of these pews. And all you got to do is reach out and touch Jesus as he passes by. I said, reach out and touch him. Somebody reach out and touch him. Shema the hosha makaya. Shela makaya no hosha. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. (laughs) Some of these churches say, I just want my four and no more. Well, have it. (laughs) Honey, I tell you what you better do. You better get under the spout where the glory is coming out because Jesus is fixing to come. Hallelujah. You better get your tank full of high octane Holy Ghost power. I said, high octane, holy ghost power. You better get full and run it over with the glory of God. And when you get full, it'll run over. Your cup will run it over and it'll spill out on somebody else. Somebody said, well, what can I do? Let the glory of the Lord shine upon you and arise and shine in the glory and the power of God. And honey, praise God. He'll put a little get up in your giddy-up, hallelujah. He'll put a little extra pep in your step. Uh, glory to God. And when you come to church, and won't nobody have to say, please lift your hands and praise God. Please open your mouth and shout hallelujah. My God, I'm saved tonight. Are you saved? If you're saved and washed in the blood, that's enough to shout about right there. If your name's written down in heaven, you are to shout That's enough to run the aisles about. Glory to God. That's enough to leap up for joy because I've been redeemed not by corruptible things of silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Go ahead and praise him.
0: A long time ago, a Roman jailer asked the important question to the Apostle Paul, What must I do to be saved? Paul's answer was immediate and to the point. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We have to realize that our sin separates us from God. And the Bible teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what did God do about this? He made it simple. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believes on Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you'll just take a moment and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Accept Him as your Savior, resolve in your mind to make Him Lord of your life and follow Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength as long as you live. If you've made a decision for Christ today, we would love to hear from you and send you a free Bible. Send us a message to info at Grenadachurch.com. Thank you once again for listening to The Power of the Cross. If you have prayer requests, questions, or comments, email us at radio at or send them to the lighthouse at P.O. Box 2441 Grenada, Mississippi 38902. That's P.O. Box 2441 Grenada, Mississippi 38902. God bless you and have a wonderful week.